before BSO, I was Michelangelo, the artistic flow coming from STM, all the legendary shows, I knew I'd be a star, but did I know it wouldn't be from far, see that's the big lead, the radar online, I wasn't the undefeated, but I still was gonna shine, I took a few L's, took them shots like pop, but then I got my weight up, like Jason Witten, no high, it like Ryan Hart, skipping Bailey, Shannon Sharp, don't have like Stephen A to get my point across. Climb Jamel Hills, won carry championships. They were quick to pull the gun, hoping Rob would quit. But 15 years later, Rob's still the shit. Rob's still legit. Rob's still on everyone's time for powerless. Rob is courtside. Rob is ringside. Catch Rob outside at the 50 yard line. Don't act surprised. Rob is a winner. George Steinbrenner cooking up these headlines. What you want for dinner? The Black Sports Center, you know who I be. Triple O G E Ohio State University. That's who reps me. I love for a friend. I just murdered this track called at a dead spin. The headline king is back. This is a Mark Duper Dolphins throwback. Super Duper. You guys don't know nothing about those 80s Dolphins with Duper, Clayton, Dan Marino. There's a lot of, a lot of Jerry Curl juice and Isotona gloves going on back then. This is Headlines uh, with Robert Littell. We have a, a lot to talk about. Very interesting day in the world of sports. And entertainment, starting with Carissa Thompson, uh, Fox Sports, uh, Fox Sports uh, sideline uh, reporter. I believe she was on uh, one of the Barstool podcasts, and she admitted for not the first time, but the second time that a lot, if the coach won't talk to her at halftime or before the game or whatever it may be, she just makes up the quotes. She just makes them up. She laughed it off. Said, ha-ha! She just makes up the quotes. Just figures out what she thinks is good to say, and she says them. Even though they're not real. And she attributes them to the coach or the player or whoever she's supposed to talk to. Now, you have two train of thoughts uh, that is going on as I look at the uh, social media uh, hemisphere, (laughs) the the social media continent. I see two train of thoughts. The one train of thought is that nobody cares about sideline reporters. So who cares if she's making up quotes? Because no one is at home saying, I can't wait to hear what uh, Carissa Thompson has to say uh, at halftime of a game. Most of us are watching the red zone uh, anyway. And so this is not a big deal. Nobody knows. Everybody's blowing it out of proportion and and whatnot. The second... (laughs) Uh, school of thought is, of course, uh, people feeling like, you know, what can they trust in the media if the media themselves are telling you that they just make up stuff? And then you also had a quote that I saw yesterday. It was on first take. I saw a video. Uh, They were talking about the difference between speaking about Josh Allen turnovers and Dak Prescott's turnovers. And Stephen A. Smith just came right out and said it. Said, we talk about Josh Allen turnovers, then people are going to basically turn the channel. But if we talk about Dak Prescott's turnovers, we're going to get better ratings 
better engagement. We're not trying to be fair. We're not trying to be unbiased. We're trying to get eyes on our, on our show. So that's why we don't maybe criticize Josh Allen as much or other players as much that we do as a, a say, a Cowboys or a Lakers or Duke or Yankees or whatever it may be, because we have to criticize and we have to make up stories that is going to get people to watch the show. Well, I have a couple of more trained choo-choo of thoughts as well. And I know people are not going to like this. I know, I know. But yes, there is a racial component to this. Because you cannot tell me if Pam Oliver came out and said that, you know, she's just making up reports that she would still have a job by Friday. You can't tell me that. You can't. You can't tell me that. It's very frustrating for Black people in media who have to scratch and claw and often work two times as hard as their white counterparts to get jobs that we're only a very small minority of, only to see someone flippantly go on a podcast and say they're not even doing the work. That has That's frustrating. That's frustrating. You actually see, and it's not even just racial, because you see other white women on social media right now, and they're upset too. They're like, we scratching and clawing, and people don't take us seriously because we're a woman in media, and then you have a, a woman basically saying, hey, you know, I don't even really have to do my job. They upset about it too. It's that component of it. That's what's making people upset. I took a quick look. Normally, I don't count people's money, but Carissa Thompson makes $700,000 a year. Let me repeat that. $700,000 a year. Now, I don't know what else she does uh, with Fox or FS1. Uh, maybe there are some other things that I'm not aware of. The, the thing that people are aware that she does is sideline reporting. So let's say the, the reason that she makes $700,000 a year is to do two or three or four sideline reports for a football game. The least you can do is not make up your quotes. You make it over a half a million dollars to do basically one job. One job. And it's not even a like a, a full, it's not like you, you're not the play-by-play guy. You know, you're not the analyst. You know, you, you're just the person that gets a quote at the beginning, gets a quote in the middle, and gets an interview at the end. Your total, the total amount of time that you're working a game, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of, you got to do it, you talk to the, the, the team, and you talk to the coaches, and you do a lot of prep work. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not work involved. I'm just saying the total amount of time during the game is about, you know, five minutes. I mean, that's 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 a pretty good gig. If you told anybody in the world, hey, you can make $700,000 a year. Your only job is to ask the players a couple of questions, talk to some coaches, get an interview. That's all. You're fine. So they can't really not talk to you. Everything is set up for you. You're not a beat reporter that's on the grind. You see what I'm saying? Seven hundred thousand dollars. That's that's it's it's insulting to people to be flippant about the fact that you're not you're not doing your job. You're not doing your job. 
And it's not helping the stereotype that if you're a white blonde woman in America, you can pretty much get away with every, anything. Anything and everything. And you can cry wolf. And you can falsely accuse. And you get $700,000 jobs without actually having to do the work. That's like telling, that's like you're in, you're in college, right? And you got a final coming up or you had a final two years ago or something and you stole the answers or cheated. And then you go on somebody's podcast and say, yeah, I got a master's degree from whatever university. But, you know, when I didn't know the answers, I just got it from somebody else. I just, I just, I just took the test. I already had the answers. I didn't study. Why would I study? I got a master's degree now. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so many, in the grand scheme of things, you know, not a huge deal. But when you kind of look at it from a bigger picture perspective, it's crazy. First of all, $700,000 just to ask questions at halftime? And you can't even do that? You, you have a situation here where media in 2023 can't be trusted. It can't be. And it's not that it can't be trusted because somebody's doing some special investigations or anything. They're literally telling you they can't be trusted. They literally tell, I made up quotes. You literally ask somebody like Big Perk gets his reports from Ball Sack Sports and then goes on ESPN and say, I got a source. You got the hot take and said, the reason we talk about the Cowboys more than we talk about somebody else is because more people care about the Cowboys. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It doesn't matter if, if what we're saying makes any sense. We're just going to talk about him and make up narratives because that's what people talk about. They want to talk about LeBron. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it. We don't care if, if whatever we're saying is true. Skip Bayless has made a whole career out of that. Like what? Like 90% of the stuff that he says about LeBron doesn't make any sense at all. It's just for, it's just for engagement. Everything's wrestling. This is this is not, you know, this is this is when when I went to the Ohio State University and I got my journalist degree. The I always find this very interesting. I've always been the way that I am. <laughs> that, 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 that should be noted. You know, I think we all grow up, we all get better, we make mistakes, we we become better people and all that great stuff. But at your core, you're always who you are, right? And when I was in college, the way that I am and the way that the colorful way, let's say, that I wanted to report on things was look frowned upon. I was told I would never be successful because that's not journalism. Journalism is behind the scenes. You're not the star. You report facts, not fictions. You want facts, not feelings. You're unbiased. You're not a fan. You don't cheer in the press box. That's what I was told. That was drilled into me. And in reality, some of these things, even in 20 years later, even though a lot of stuff has changed and a lot more media is like I was at Ohio State than not, 
There are still things today that when it happens, I get annoyed by it because it was drilled into me like a damn, like I was in the army. When I'm at a boxing press conference and they start clapping, that triggers me. You don't clap for who you're covering. You don't clap. You don't clap in the press box. You're not fans. I'm not your friend. I'm the media. It's my job to tell the truth. Now, those are those are things that have stood with me forever. So it's funny to me because I see things now and your most famous media people, the ones that make the most money, are the ones that are telling you that they they just doing stuff just just so you watch. They're not they're not trying to be unbiased. They're not trying to, to be fair. They're not trying to to break news. No, they just want you to watch. It's entertainment. It's the WWE, AEW. Everything is wrestling. Everything is wrestling. That's why you got Lil Wayne and, and, and rappers and all these people on the shows now. That's why. That's why the, the one of the number one podcasts is Cameron and Mace. If I told my journalism professor twenty years ago, say in twenty years, more people would be watching Cameron and Mace than the Sports Center. <laughs> what from the dip suit <laughs> for Puffy and, and Puff Daddy which we're going to get to in a second he laughed at me and that's where we're at she's probably not going to get punished because she works for Fox I mean these are the same people that employ Clay Travis and Urban Meyer I don't expect anything to happen she's white and blonde when have you ever known a white blonde to get punished for anything <laughs> for anything you go go to a women's prison see how many white blonde women are in there is that a lot but it's just what i've been telling you and i've been telling you this for about 10 years now since i had a voice to tell you i've been telling you which way the media is gonna go i've been telling you how people are going to manipulate things i told you how people are going to try to take other people down I told you our social media was going to care less about the facts, about what's real, and just how can they go viral? How can your normal person go viral? You ever seen somebody on social media say, um, yeah, we know this is fake, but the, we got to get these jokes off? Nobody cares about what's real. They don't really care about people. All they care about is they got to get those jokes off. How can I get my my Facebook post to go viral? How can I get my TikTok to get picked up by the New York Post? How can, my, how can I get more, more likes on my Facebook? How can I get Elon to give me an extra $5 on Twitter? That's media right now. $700,000 to not do your job. That's a beautiful thing. That's the American dream. All right, so $700,000 and has the audacity to go on a podcast that is listened to. I think it was, I think it was a big cat. And so listen to millions of people and laugh and say, ah, you know, I just make up shit. That's insane. That's insane. Not surprising, but insane. Oh my God, they did it. 
Diddy, 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 Puff Daddy. I still call him Puff. I got a copy of the lawsuit here that Cassie has uh, filed uh, against Sean uh, Combs. And is Cassie still married? And if it looks like I got lazy, I'm I'm looking at the lawsuit. Uh, Because it keeps calling her Miss uh, Ventura. Or Ventura. Ventura. And uh, did she get married a a couple years ago? Got a couple of kids? Is she divorced? Or just in the lawsuit, they just prefer to call her Miss instead of Mrs. I don't know. I don't know. But this is a it's it's a 35-page lawsuit. I'm not gonna read, I don't have time to read 35 pages. My daughter wants to go to the park. So I don't have time. It's for boxing is coming up, good NFL games coming up. I don't have time to read 35 pages. But I did <laughs> I, I did go over some of it. And some of it is quite insane. <laughs> quite insane. I'm just gonna read a couple of parts to it. I think, you know, the 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 most, before I just start reading the parts, let me just tell you the gist of what Cassie uh, is saying. It's essentially, she's saying that she was groomed. You know, that Diddy uh, got her when he was, I think, 37, when she was 19. Uh, if you know, Cassie was um, well, Ryan Leslie, the producer, uh, then he, he sings too and everything. He found uh, Cassie when she was a kid. He the he produced. It's me and you. Oh, it's me and you. You know the song. I can't sing, but that's my. When you get old, you just start singing. And you don't even care what people think. It's me and you. Oh, just me and you. I will put it on here, but I get copy copyright strike by uh, YouTube. But uh, after Ryan Leslie found her, at some point Diddy uh, found her and was like, "I gotta have her." Whatever thing sounded a bad boy. Crazy part, the first crazy part of the lawsuit, she was in a 10-album deal. I don't know what, what anybody, why would anybody think they want to see Cassie for 10 albums is crazy. Basically, that's a that's like a lifetime deal. Unless you NBA young boy, you're not getting out of a 10-fight a 10, a 10 deal. So I, I'm going to put some of the stuff on the screen for you to read. Um well, I'm gonna try. We'll see if it doesn't show up. That means I didn't have no time to do it. But uh, some of this stuff is, is quite crazy. I think the one that most people are talking about is how uh, Diddy tried to blow up uh, Kid Cudi. All right, let me see if I can read that part uh, where he tried to blow up Kid Cudi. But let me see. There's some there's some other stuff in here that's it's a lot. I would say go go read it if you have time. It's a very interesting. Uh, reading uh, material. But I just want to get to a couple of parts that I found very, very, very interesting. Uh, Where's the Kid Cudi part? Uh, Maybe something before then. Essentially, why I'm looking over this again is he, according to her, Puff basically, he paid for everything. Houses, cars, clothes. You know, she wasn't dealing with, she didn't have any money of her own. Puff just handled everything. I guess she she looks at it as taking control uh, over her. Uh, something about some stuff about Suge Knight <laughs> in here as well. Uh, he's, he's getting ready to you know sh- try to shoot Suge Knight at a at a at a male's driving. What what is this? When it says uh, Miss Ventura was uh, exposed to the intense violence that pervaded Mister Combs' rise to fame, 
For example, on one occasion when Mr. Combs and Ms. Ventura was using drugs together in his home, one of his security staff barged in and announced that Suge Knight, a longtime rival of Mr. Combs, was spotted at a male's drive-in diner in Los Angeles. Mr. Combs began to get dressed, retrieved multiple guns from a safe, and ran out of his home to where he believed Mr. Knight was dining. Uh, Ms. Ventura became terrified and began to to cry. So I guess uh, Humphrey's going to try to kill uh, Suge at some point. This is crazy stuff that's, that's going on here. Uh, what else we got going on? Let me see. Uh, he said, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Hold on. Mr. Combs uh, began to call. Wait a minute. The, the first time Mr. Combs hired a man and brought the man to his home in Los Angeles, that man, Mr. Combs, and Miss Ventura were masquerade masking ingested drugs. Mr. Combs directed Ms. Ventura to perform sexual acts with this man while Mr. Combs watched him. He masturbated while he directed Ms. Ventura and the man to do specific sexual acts. Uh, Mr. Combs began to call this arrangement a freak-off, or F.O. He would repeatedly tell Ms. Ventura at random moments that he wanted to F off, and Ms. Ventura uh, was eventually expected to facilitate the location and hiring of male sex workers. Okay. Uh, uh, They did something in the Trump International, according to this. Uh, Ms. Ventura eventually instructed to use websites and escort service to find male sex workers to participate in FOs. Mr. Combs told Ms. Ventura to search for large black penises on the website. I'm not not surprised uh, by that. Uh, Ms. Ventura was required to dress up in lingerie for an FO, and Mr. Combs insisted she wore white nail polish to contrast her nails with the skin of the black men he hired to have sex with her. Uh, during, the, during the FO, Mr. Combs would instruct Ms. Ventura to pour excessive amounts of oil all over herself. Mr. Combs would then instruct Ms. Ventura and the sex, work, sex workers to speak to each other and then would specifically tell Ms. Ventura where to touch the sex workers. Mr. Combs would say things like, grab that big black dick and ask how does he feel as he directed her to perform on him. All right. Okay. That sounds plausible. I'll be honest with you. Uh, that stuff, well, pretty much anything with with Diddy sounds uh, plausible. I, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, and here's stuff about Kid Cudi. It says, in 2011, during a rough patch in Mr. Combs and Ms. Ventura's relationship, Ms. Ventura had a brief relationship with musician uh, Kid Cudi. When Mr. Combs returned from a trip, he demanded another F.O. from Ms. Ventura. She acquiesced. I like that word, acquiesced. During this F.O., Mr. Combs found Ms. Ventura's phone and found emails between her and Kid Cuddy. Mr. Combs became enraged and proceeded to place a manual corkscrew between his fingers and lunge at Ms. Ventura. Ms. Ventura ran away to stay at Kid Cuddy's home to escape Mr. Combs' rafts. Soon after, one of Mr. Combs' staff members told Ms. Ventura that he needed to just talk to Mr. Combs, even though Mr. Combs was enraged. Feeling like she could not escape Mr. Combs and his networks of enforcers, Ms. Ventura returned to Mr. Combs. He said he hit her several times and then kicked her in the back as she tried to run for the door. In February of 2012, during Paris Fashion Week, Mr. Combs told Ms. Ventura that he was going to blow up Kid Cuddy's car, car, and that he wanted to ensure that Kid Cuddy was home with his friends when it happened. Around that time, Kid Cuddy's car exploded in his driveway. 
Kid Cuddy's uh, publicist or, or someone speaking for Kid Cuddy said this is all true. So what we have here is a situation where uh, Cassie uh, is saying that she had to deal with, you know, years of abuse uh, from Diddy. Uh, Diddy uh, essentially is saying that this is uh, blackmail, uh, that she wanted $50 million to not do a tell-all book. Uh, Cassie lawyers said that Diddy offered them eight figures uh, that they turned down and that she just wanted to get her story uh, out. Um, what do you think? What do you, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, Hollywood, and, and when you're as rich as, as Diddy, um, a lot of this stuff seems very plausible. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this is not kind of the first time we've heard some weird stuff uh, this uh, about Diddy and some of the, the things that he's kind of into. Uh, the question, you know, begs uh, while this is going on, uh, does this equate to something where someone should get paid millions of dollars um, while it was going on? <laughs> you know, is, is this a lawsuit? Some of this stuff is criminal, but either the statute of limitations have passed or uh, she just doesn't want to make a criminal thing. I mean, the 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 rape accusation, the the beatings. She says she has video uh, of this. Uh, of course, I think what Diddy's going to say is that that never happened and any of the freaky stuff that she's claiming that she consented uh, to or she was an active participant. Same thing with the drugs and the alcohol. At the beginning of the lawsuit, she points out that she had a boyfriend and Diddy, who we believe is Ryan Leslie, and Diddy uh, kind of made his way around it. Her whole point is she felt like she had to do all of these things uh, for a music career, uh, for fear, and all of this stuff. It's a it's a slippery slope, uh, I must say. It's it's a very it's a very uh, slippery slope, and I don't know. I don't know how it's all gonna you know work out. You know, the problem with stuff like this, just like what we talked about with media, you can't trust social media to kind of look at this from a uh, a, a reasonable eye. Uh, you're gonna have people that who are fans of Diddy who love Diddy, who love Bad Boy, who's going to say that she's a gold digger, that she just wants money, uh, she's broke now, music career is not going well, maybe her husband put her up to this, she wanted to this, she didn't have to date him, she didn't have to you know, be with the sex worker, she didn't have to take the drugs, she could have left at any time, et cetera, et cetera. On the flip side, you're obviously going to have people that are going to want Diddy arrested, uh, that is gonna, you know, call them all type of names, and a hundred percent believe this exactly, exactly how everything went down. Whereas we find out with most stuff like this, is the, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, in the middle is, I mean, it's 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 clear by some of this this how specific some of these things are that they they actually happen. Um. One gets, the, I guess, the question that people are going to ask is if, you know, she knew the the flip side of that is that she was getting all this money, she was getting houses, she was getting cars, she was famous, she was going to all these events, she was going on these luxury vacations. Um, you know, is, is that something that she wanted? And therefore, that's why she did some of these things that on paper, it's like, why would you do that? You know, there's no answer there. Only 
the only people, well, in this case, uh, besides Diddy and, and her, I'm sure there are a few other people that know. And I, I would be, I would like to hear from those other people. If there are people, uh, you know, that work with Diddy or friends with Cassie, friends with Diddy that aren't like affiliated, don't feel like, you know, that they are, uh, by saying anything, they're in any type of danger or anything like that. If, I mean, because the man is allegedly blowing up cars. I like to hear what they say. I always like to hear third parties in this. That's always a good a good way to to figure out who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. What do the third parties say? How, how you know how the third parties treated um, in this type of situation? But we have to see. Uh, we have, we have to see. This is this is gonna. Yeah, this this. It's Thursday. I get the feeling. Normally, I say this type of stuff blows over and stuff, but yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think this is gonna gonna blow over anytime soon. We, we'll see how Diddy tries to can, can back this. Uh, last thing before I'm out of here. Uh, hold on. Um, uh, TMZ had to ring footage of Kelly uh, Aubrey uh, Jr. after he allegedly got hit by the car. Uh, coming into the house, and um, that's my uh, my friend uh, Michael uh, Babcock. Uh, you know how how did they get the footage? <laughs> because that was a question that a lot of people have. How in the world would TMZ have personal ring footage uh, uh, of something like that? And people were saying that they hacked it, all this stuff. But the, the facts are, and and Michael said this when he was being interviewed. I think by the local news is that. Something like that, they have to get, you know, permission from. And it's not unusual for an athlete uh, or an entertainer or an actor or an actress that, you know, maybe there's some sort of controversy going on to provide footage to TMZ before they even provide footage to the cops or the lawyers or whatever it may be. Because let's be honest, TMZ, for whatever you think, they, they do show both sides for the most part. So you're going to get more eyes on it if TMZ is putting it out there and you're going to get maybe a little bit less pushback. And let me, let me just give you an example of something like this. Let's say, you know, let's say there's some sort of domestic squabble, right? Uh, you know, and, and ESPN is going to be very careful about how they report that. Be very careful about what they put out there. It's just the way they are. It's Disney owned. It's just the way it be. But let's say an athlete or an entertainer or whatever is trying to clear his name and maybe he has some video that can help him clear his name or some video that clears up uh, some things that people have questioned about, especially if he's being accused of something or she's being accused of something. Uh, they may send it to, to TMZ because they know TMZ is going to run it. Hell, in this case, they may send it to academics at this rate. But, you know, they work. You know, TMZ works. It's It's not a... You know, is 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 not by accident uh, that they get you know certain footage. You know, it's it's you know they have eyes and ears everywhere. You know, you know the TMZ stands for the thirty mile zone. You know that part of like L.A. They got that a lot from you know the the, the airports, the hospitals, the courthouse, police stations, and everything. That's on lock. And a lot of times you have to look at it like this. I want you to look at it like this. If you are a you know a nurse 
right? Or law enforcement or something. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just letting you know. Let's say you make $60,000, $70,000 a year, right? And you have a piece of video or a piece of photos or something that you think are worthwhile. And you can double your salary in just two minutes, five minutes. I mean, I know a lot of people would say they wouldn't do it, but a lot of people say that they would do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of people say they would do it. A lot of people say they wouldn't do it. You get what I'm saying? If you could double your salary overnight, you got a picture or something. Remember the uh, Ray Rice video? I believe that was the, the hotel security video. Hotel security making $40,000 a year. And I don't know how much they paid, but I bet you it was more than that. So you have people that like, look, it's, you know, Christmas is coming up. Thanksgiving, you got bills. Somebody's sick in your household. You know, you need a new roof. It's easy to kind of judge sitting back. So I would never do that. I, I would never do that. But if your mortgage is coming up, you got three kids and you don't know where the money come. Your boy wants a PlayStation. Your little girl wants a pink bike. And you're sitting on something and it's anonymous and it can never be traced back to you. And you're getting offered, you know, six figures, seven, five figures. I mean, maybe you wouldn't do it. Maybe you would. You tell me. What would you do in that situation? What would you do in that situation? And, and like I said, this is like a situation where uh, Aubrey Jr.'s people basically gave him the video to try to point out because the first thing he says when he gets in the house is, I got hit by a car. Now, there's no reason, well, there's one reason I could think that he would lie to the person that he's talking to. But in general, if you, you don't know that you're being recorded, and you just walk in and say you got hit by a car, you normally got hit by a car. Unless, like I said, there's only one other reason I can see him coming home, walking in there with his lady and telling her something that's not true. I think you could figure that out for yourself. But in general, yeah, I mean, if, like, I've never paid for a scoop, mainly because I have no money. <laughs> I, you know, I've never paid. I get stuff all the time. That says, you know, five hundred dollars, a thousand. Give me a thousand dollars. Give me ten. Like, like all that stuff that you've heard about Dwight Howard recently, you know. And I've known that stuff for years. People have been trying to give me that stuff for years, <laughs> you know. But they want to get paid for it. I, I just don't believe in it. I'd rather just keep my money in my pocket. It's like paying for a stripper. It's like, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? That I'm gonna get the same amount of views if I post it two minutes after whoever you sell it to. You know what I'm saying? I don't make the same, so I, but I keep the money in my pocket. But yeah, I mean, if you're willing to pay, if if you got millions of dollars in, and your 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 outlet is known for and is dependent on breaking news before anybody else, sometimes even the police, sometimes the family members. If that's your job, then you gotta, you know, you can't just you gotta, you know, you gotta break it off. You know, you gotta look at it's like it's math. If I pay fifty. But I make 500 off the story, and I'm talking about K. If I pay 50K, but I make 500K off the story, that's, that's you know, net profits is what we're talking about here. Not the gross, the net. If I pay 100 and I make a million, yeah, man, you got to think about it like that. 
Good night tonight of uh, boxing on ESPN, and then you have um, the good Thursday night football game on uh, Prime. I don't know if uh, Carissa Thompson is going to be doing the <laughs> the sideline <laughs> reporting uh, for that. Uh, follow me uh, on Twitter at BSO. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, BSO uh, TV. Uh, we're on TikTok, uh, Robert uh, Latow, BSO Instagram, BSO TV, Facebook, Black Sports Online. Uh, what a day. What a day. <laughs>